What's going on, everybody? This is uh, Big Mac and Row, and you're listening to Peanuts and Corn Podcast, and we're going to do some more episodes for you. So this is, what's the year? 2021, and we've got a really exciting new record coming out, so I've decided to do a three-part series with my good friend Joe Comperi, a.k.a. Bazooka Joe 204, a.k.a. formerly known as John Smith, um, somebody I've been making music with for over two centuries, two decades, 20 years <laughs> and um really exciting to be working with him again and hanging out and, and doing the do as much as you can hang out from vancouver to winnipeg these days hi joe hello hello um can you, can you hear me am yeah, i sounding okay you sound great you sound Excellent. brilliant um so <laughs> i wanted to come back and talk to you because obviously we have a record to sell and people are going to be happy to hear some of the new songs and some of the process behind the songs. But also, all of last year I did a 27-part series uh, where I talked to all these people and you were episode one and it was kind of unfair because I didn't really know what I was doing and I got better as we went along. So I kind of cringe when I think about you know my plan for the first one and, and how it wasn't totally fair for you, but you were my you were my uh, test subject to try and figure out what the hell I was doing. So this time we can maybe spend a little more time. And so we'll do a, like a three, ec- three episode series to uh, talk about the new record, which is called Prairie Nilsson. Yes, sir. So we've dropped a couple of singles already. So we're going to get into maybe one of the first singles. The first single we, we dropped is Art School Kids. And we'll come back to that in a future episode. But... Uh, the single that we just dropped, when did we drop that? A couple weeks ago. It's called That I Knew What For. Um, do you want to talk about it or do you want to listen to it? Uh, well, yeah, maybe maybe we should listen first or give every, everyone an opportunity to listen first. It's, a, it's another super catchy and easy to remember title from yours truly, That I Knew What For. Just rolls right off the tongue. <laughs> easy to remember. Yes. Uh, easy to request. <laughs> um, but yeah, maybe we should give people an opportunity to hear it, and then uh, and then I can listen to it too, see what what kind of memories it jogs loose, and we can get into it. All right, here we go. Let's listen to that. I knew it for Bazooka Joe two hundred four. Freestyling so hard I could see the bars If learning the words was cute I needed a higher dose My standards demanded studying cram And see with the line of notes If I only like what they didn't Let them have the fantasy I treated BDP like a religion 100 guns, I'm a man on a mission Don Quixote, my homies won't listen Militant policy, fuck your position If I ain't feeling it, I ain't bullshitting I keep it real, but really, what is it? And I always stood for something I just wish that I knew what it was if I could better explain it, I'll frame it and take out an ad on the bus. And I always stood for something. I just wish that I knew what for. And if I could better explain it, I'll frame it and hang it from every door. Yeah, I hang it on every door. I hung out at every 
every spot I toured every city and bedroom in Canada looking for someone I'm not I waited on fortune and fame, made a bet on myself and snake eyes Wasted away in retail, ducking emails, staying yay high Doing more talking than rapping, dismissive and often capping Boss, I'm about that action, got busy but nothing was happening Focused on all the distractions and focused about my passion Got lower and lower in standing, well fuck it, I go to the man with And I always stood for something, I just wish that I knew what it was And if I could better explain it, I frame it and take out an ad on the bus and I always stood for something, I just wish that I knew what for And if I could better explain it, I'd frame it and hang it from every door, yeah Years into the campaign, went from beer to champagne. The back to beer was bottomless, ass out, frying my face like a plantain. Drugs affecting my output in the club instead of the booth. But they don't know nothing about us and the voices that led me to you. Looking at life like an ink blot, knowing the music did stop. I took it for granted, hip hop. Back in the ground, so kick rocks. In love with the struggle and under the muzzle of thunder and bubbling big shot. The blunderbuss, baby face, big pop. I thought I had quit, but I did not. And I always stood for something. I just wish that I knew what it was. And if I could better explain it, I frame it and take out an ad on the bus. And I always stood for something. I just wish that I knew what for. And if I could better explain it, I frame it and hang it from every door. Yeah. Yeah, that's that I knew it for. Bazooka Joe 204. Um, I remember that beat was kicking around for a while, and I never would have used it. And I was surprised you used it. I'm glad you did. That's that's what I do. I take the beats that that everyone else kind of overlooks. I pick the weird stuff. I like I like a little bit of extra sauce on it. Maybe you know, like maybe it's a little, maybe it's a skip, maybe it's swinging a little bit. Yeah, uh, those are the ones that I kind of gravitate towards. Yeah, because I mean, it made that beat originally. It didn't have any of the guitar or any of that of that stuff. It was just the the piano and the and the big synth, the swinging synth bass line and then drums. So and then it evolved nicely once it was worth continuing with once you wrote the song. Um, but yeah, so talk a little bit about writing that and um, what you know what your thoughts are. Well, yeah, uh, that I knew before was the last thing I wrote for the record. And um, in the past, that's kind of a thing for me is, is you know, like it, it feels good to to kind of get the body of it down. And then when you have a little bit of time with your demos, maybe um, you feel like maybe there's something, something poking you, maybe, you know, something pulling at you that says, maybe one more to kind of pull everything together. Um, and that's that's what that I knew what four is, you know, like Prairie Nielsen is an album that feels like a transition. 
mm-hmm. and most of the writing was coming in a kind of in a position in a period of, of upheaval and transition uh, as far as my personal life goes not a ton of like kind of you know acute stuff um, about the, the about the kind of time and upheaval and the changes I've made in my life recently like not none of it necessarily acutely makes it uh, except for on this one and and basically it's yeah it's 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 kind of a declaration of you know things have changed uh, maybe I took music for granted a little bit uh, I definitely planned on this thing being more profitable than it was and I think you know due to many many things but you know um, but I'll take the responsibility for you know maybe not approaching it head on and giving it the uh the dedication and discipline it deserved yeah so so yeah so it's kind of a rumination on all that stuff and and then it's also you know like in most of my shit there's some defiance to it um on the level of you know here it is a full album with mac and row i'm fucking back full steam uh and not only that like i'm still getting better you know right. like and 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 that comes even on the technical side of things with the song, which has a really kind of, you know, I won't say that it's necessarily chopping uh, in the traditional sense, uh, but it's, you know, it's got a a really kind of staccato technical kind of flow thing going on to it. Um, yeah, and, uh, and yeah, I think it's a good summation of the record and it's, and it's a, uh, and it's it's of a tradition for me in that you know like growing pains on growing pains for instance yeah was the or no sorry not growing pains what gets you over yeah on growing pains was the very last one and that's another one that's very declarative and very like this this is the last song on the record you know this is this is uh, the way I tie it all together right um, yeah so one idea I had as far as doing this series this three episode series to to um, roll out this album and talk about this album was um, to try and draw parallels with, you know, because we've we've done a lot of music together um, and you have a big body of work. And so, you know, inevitably there'll be parallels and themes revisited and things like that. And I think that's definitely true for this record where we're seeing, you know, you have themes that you've touched on before, but then, you know, more maturity now or a different perspective or whatever. So, um, so we were kind of talking about this song and what would be a good parallel for this song from the past. And, um, I came up with a song from Old Man Winter, um, called Thursday. And the reason that was, uh, my pick was simply because I remember you writing that kind of after the album was written and saying, I got one more. And that's sort of what happened with this song with that I knew what for but then you pointed out that you had a better <laughs> a better subject matter parallel kind of thing and that was ripping tickets at the Tilta World. Do you want to set this up? Yeah, sure. Uh, ripping tickets at the Tilta World is from Old Man Winter and uh, it's uh, it's kind of a weird and scary little little bit of a spooky tune for me in that <laughs> um, I'm kind of predicting my future in it and um and actually i am kind of in the age group that i was projecting towards 
um, uh, in uh, ribbon tickets at the Tilted World. So it's yeah, it's it's an interesting thing on the level of um, you know that I know what for is kind of you know okay here's all the shit that's happened and uh, ripping tickets at the Tilted World is me saying like here's all the shit that I think is gonna happen. Right. Um, and uh, and again, there's a very particular kind of staccato choppy flow to it which which i thought was really interesting given that you know like if these are you know indicative even if you take um um ripping tickets at the tilt of world that i knew what for and what gets you over all together they're very me kind of showing off on a technical level which is uh which is kind of an interesting and unintentional thing that um that I'm kind of like wanting to close things out with like really, really going hard at a beat and and kind of working working the flows and the cadences. Right. Uh, all right, let's check the song out and then we can talk a little more about it and its production. Love 
What's the BPM of that one? It seems a little fast. That's up there. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I've ever done that live before. I don't think, uh, yeah, I don't know how that one would work. <laughs> <laughs> great, great song. I love the kind of past, present, and future uh, in the tense of when you wrote it, which was about 2010, I think, or something like that, or maybe before that. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, I, lyrically, Old Man Winter is a is a few years behind its or yeah behind its release date. Like a lot of the stuff that you know that I write, it's years before it before it comes out. Yeah, um, yeah, which would put it probably written in the late 2000 aughts, maybe something like that. I think so. Yeah, I think I, I was just you know digging out the track to play. And the first folder I made says t- 2006, but it didn't come out until, I know it didn't come out until after 2010, so we worked on that album for a long time. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, it's, uh, it's it, yeah, it's it's fun to kind of, it's fun and, and a little creepy to, to have imagined the future and like there's some pretty accurate shit in there. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've, uh, you know, there's, you know, I mentioned kind of like having a stroke at 40 and like, you know, I didn't have a stroke at 40, but there was like a medical emergency with someone really close to me that facilitated a real change in my life, which is like, I just realized upon listening to that, which is kind of weird and scary, but, um, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. Like I've always, I'm, I've always kind of romanticized the uh, kind of outsider kind of stuff. I never really got into the beat poets, um, but there's definitely stuff from that aesthetic. And even it's so cliched, but someone like being into Bukowski in your late teens and early 20s. Yeah. You know, so I've always been fascinated with that kind of like if you're single and you're you know you don't have kids for instance you know you're kind of detached from a lot of adult responsibility the places you find yourself the things you get up to and uh i've been fortunate enough to have some carny friends in my uh in my life yeah looking back on it you know the romanticism of of a kind of detached life um is it's so silly and it's a ridiculous thing to romanticize because it's not it's not glamorous and certainly wasn't glamorous the way i was living so let's talk about starting the work on this record which ultimately got named prairie nilsen um i i don't remember how we kind of got started but i think it was just i was coming to town and said do you want to make a couple tracks or something do you remember anything different no no i yeah i I believe uh there was you know i i've i was always writing uh even at my most disorganized and least ambitious i was always writing so i was kind of like there was a period of a few years prior to prairie nielsen there was a short period of time where we thought it might be i was going to call it the 40 year old burden yeah and i was kind of writing you know around the theme of turning 40. um but yeah I, you know, I keep a running tab of beats that really affect me. Um, uh, I have a very efficient writing system, which is I basically write myself emails. Okay. Um, so that, you know, it's it's there, it's somewhere in my emails, you know? So um, um, yeah, I just kind of collected ideas to uh, towards the record. 
And uh, the first three that I had really fleshed out, um, you contacted me. I believe we had something like three or four hours at a studio we had never been to. Yeah. Uh, um, and uh, yeah, the first three would be a song called Into the Sea. Yep. Um, Into the Sea. Iowana. Yeah. And uh, Art School Kids. And Art School Kids. Yeah. So yeah. I, so I think, you know, as an audience, you you've probably been privy to Art School Kids and there was a leak of Into the Sea that ended up on my friend Joe Stover's radio show and podcast, The How Do You Do Review. Oh yeah. Um but yeah, but um but yeah, those are the first three that we recorded and they make they made the you know they 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 were the blueprint for the for what the record of the album was going to be yeah i think we recorded that in the fall of 2018 and i came back in 2019 for pip's kids wedding and i think we recorded what i thought was the rest um at umfm yeah that would be almost the remainder of the record and then um it came time to sort of finish up and there was no way for me to come back again once the coronavirus kicked in so then i just shipped you some equipment and you recorded yourself and it worked out great including that last song that i knew what for you recorded that yourself yeah that's that's another that's another kind of point of pride for me it it felt really good to construct a booth and be in control of uh what i notoriously refer to as pressing the space bar (laughs) (laughs) um but uh, but yeah yeah it was re- it was really cool to to have that experience and and be in control of things in the booth. Yeah, I'm finding um, you know it's great to collaborate together, but there's also a different pressure where you can um, I guess if recording yourself you can which is what I've always been able to do obviously because I've always recorded myself but you can take your time try some things you know just sort of have a little more freedom. And then kind of get it how you like it. So it's interesting. It's a it's a different yeah. thing because we've historically we've recorded all of our other albums together. Um, I think without exception, without you know, like some here and there, maybe a guest first. But yeah, I just have to hope that uh, the stems of all my I'm doing air quotes here uh, experimental versions of the hooks that I'm sending you don't see the light of day because <laughs> yeah. left left to my own devices I'm, I'm really cranking out some of those hooks and registers that I have no business reaching for <laughs> and, and oh yeah we'll, like we'll, we'll get to that when we play that song I think I know what you mean um, <laughs> alright so let's play uh, let's play another track from the album this is the new single this is called King Cake Baby so when you're hearing this podcast this will be out the same week that this comes out so if it's not out already it'll be out in a matter of days this is the new bazooka joe 204 um single called king cake baby let's check this out Bye. 
still grabbing that sleep Rationing my smokes, dragging my feet The coffee is cold, I've had it with the heat Might step in front of the bus, just slather it in meat I mean, brains on glass, blades of grass Just dripping in viscera, tear my face in half On a stool with a noose, about to step up off it When the phone go bling, yo, direct deposit I'm the King K, baby, popular on payday Everything with rape. Picking up the tab like acid in the 80s. Tabletop Pac Man, ghost on my lady. Arm wrestling your dad in a roadhouse like Swayze. King holding court, soldiering down. Circle getting bigger cause I'm ordering rounds. Yesterday I was broke, but they sorted me out. They supported me, so I'm supporting them now. That I'm the King K, baby. Is, um, that's an unusual song. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's got kind of uh, like a real country and western kind of feel at the start of it, and then when the guitars at the end come in, they kind of sound like um, like Graceland, like Paul Simon, the Paul Simon record. Yeah. Uh, to me, there's yeah, there's there's a lot going on there. <laughs> um. I didn't really know what a king cake baby was. I knew you had written the song, and then me and my family watched The Amazing Race, and they went to New Orleans, and one of the challenges was to tear apart cakes to find the king cake baby. It's like a little, <laughs> a little plastic, a little plastic baby, or something like that. Yeah, 
So the way that came together for me was I was tending bar uh, at a bar called the LaSalle here in Winnipeg. It's kind of a notorious kind of uh, what I would call a beverage room in the in the old timiest way possible. Yeah. Um, and uh, I had a regular customer who was like a lot of the customers there, um, you know, like a blue collar kind of dude. And, you know, when payday rolled around, he was, you know, the most generous guy on earth. Uh, but part of that generosity was just him kind of repaying him for floating people or for people would float him, you know, like, yeah. because he would, you know, he'd run out of cash, but he could come and sit in the bar and there was always a friend there who could float him a couple of beers. But then when payday came around, you know, you got to buy rounds for the people who were supporting you and kind of quietly and under his breath one time, you know, on a payday when he was realizing a little later in the night that, um, you know, it was going to be a, I guess uh, he would have to tighten up his belt the next week would be a way I would say it. But, um, but yeah, just kind of under his breath, he said, he said, he goes, he goes, yeah, Joe, real popular on payday, huh? <laughs> and, uh, and I always kind of kept that in my pocket. I, I remember making a memo of it. That was two phones ago. I made the memo of it. But, um, but yeah, so popular on payday really stuck in my head. And then uh, when I sat down with that beat uh, and with kind of that in mind, the other thing that came to mind was the King Cake Baby, which is... Um, a terrifying kind of mascot for this traditional cake that they serve in New Orleans. Uh, and then, you know, cake is dough and the hook kind of came together. Uh, it really helped that the song kind of sounds like a like a drunken marching parade, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, so, you know, in my head, I'm kind of having visions of, of kind of, you know, stomping, red-faced kind of, you know, people on payday and and yeah, and that's that's how you end up with a really weird song. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I mean, some of the lyrics, though, I mean, because obviously you sent me the lyrics and it's like, uh, the coffee is cold, I've had it with the heat, might step in front of the bus, just slather it in meat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a few times on this record where I'm just casually discussing murder and, uh, you know, defenestration which is hurling yourself through a window <laughs> and uh yeah yeah but you know i mean anybody anybody who's ever been broke and felt un underappreciated and had to slog to work in the heat uh you know when you're broke knows that feeling and and uh, there's a slimmer part of the population that knows the feeling of you know when you do finally get paid completely overdoing it uh, living, <laughs> living high on the hog for a night or two, uh, and then having to uh, to suffer through the next week, waiting on that next payday to come through again. Right. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so I guess the parallel that came to mind listening to this song uh, is another song about getting paid, which is uh, money out from growing pains. I think it's more of a fantasy of everyone sort of kind of paying you at once maybe but should we give it a listen sure let's let's get into it all right this is money out um this is john smith at the time from growing pains 
money came in one day I make sure everyone's paid I put my kicks to the runway I woke up this morning, check my messages 35 voicemail, what the hell is this? I shuffled to the lobby, shoulder to ear Keys in one hand, squeezing souls I could hear I caught the first noise, it was the worst voice Last time I told him, come around, you getting hurt, boy He says he coming through, he said he owe me He just went from fucking goof to crazy homie I'm counting cake and busting moves, I'm throwing W's Cause y'all know where I'm from, I'm from Broke Street Open a pole box, and what did Joe see? It couldn't hold all the checks and CODs It's full of money orders, the paper potpourri the pick of the bunch, cash is the OG I take it how I get it, if not the hood way When all my money comes in, that's a good day What if all my money came in one day? I make sure everyone's paid I put my kicks to the runway So long homies, I'm so gone Yeah, I owe I take care of it I roll the roach joints When I can barely piff I been lower on the block than Nesterovich I stuff the smelly proofs Then I'ma carry bricks And homie I'ma tell ya This is a good look I'm knowing how you feel I been in dead too Get that monkey off your back Take a rest dude Until we meet again All the best fool huh. What if all my money came in one day I make sure everyone's paid I put my kicks to the runway So long homies, I'm so gone I'm in the taxi, my girl beside me We in the backseat just after arriving The windows open, the sun shining The warm breeze, we lean back and close our eyes in The sand snow white, we at the hotel The beer is so cold, listen to the ocean swell I'm close to her ear, because I'm whispering I brush away her hair, and tell her pinch me Kiss my forehead and says it's not a dream Let's never go back, we'll live on the beach It sounds good to me, instead of on the streets If all my money came in and that's something deep What if all my money came in one day? I make sure everyone's paid I put my kicks to the runway So long homies, I'm so gone Make sure everyone's paid I put my kicks to the runway So long homies, I'm so gone homie I guess that one's more of a fantasy than the reality <laughs> of King Cake Baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there were certain days when I was living that life, you know, when I was, you know, playing shows, um, working kind of uh, as a small business owner, um, and then doing some, you know, sh- 
some kind of shady hustling ass side shit yeah um yeah they were they were good days really good days or you know i you know i had a real for (laughs) there was a period of time for a few years where uh my favorite place was in front of a a vlt machine so uh that's right there were a few thousand dollar nights that really you know felt like sitting in that taxi with the warm breeze on you but uh but no more often than not it was the other way i was waiting on money i was behind on money (laughs) didn't have enough money right uh yeah but um yeah there's definitely a fantasy there you know and you know the the, the the funniest part of it, especially in 2021, is thinking that you would ever have enough to just run away to a beach and be okay there forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which, uh, yeah, you know, which is really, really not happening in 2021. So. No. Um, that is one of the only times I've successfully sampled one of those Hawaii records. Um, like the main sample is not, not that, but the um, like the part that comes in. The seagulls and the do-do-do-do-do-do is, uh, I think it's, I don't know, one of those generic kind of like the music of Hawaii or whatever. Oh, yeah. Which the are hard. Wow something or Yeah, other. those are hard records to sample. They're, you know, they're generally hard to, to use, but I managed to pull it off on that one. I was feeling the uh, island vibes that you were, you were breaking down there. <laughs> yeah, it's very like... You know, it's it's kind of like ASMR before ASMR, that <laughs> song. You could really catch the tingles off that one. Yeah, I really like how you... Um, I've always liked that song and just how you sort of really have a nice fantasy there of, you know, with detail, you know, the beer's cold and all that kind of thing, which, you know, nice writing. Yeah, it's, if, you know, any time I can make real life feel like a corona ad looks then <laughs> i'm gonna go for it <laughs> corona wraps all right um let's talk about the name of the record so the the new record obviously the, the prairie nilson project so talk a little bit about um the origin of that and your thoughts on that and its influence well yeah I've, i'm a big big Harry Nilsson fan, huge Harry Nilsson fan. Um, for people that don't know much about Harry Nilsson, I guess the most accessible parts of him are that uh, he sang, uh, I think, uh, Everybody's Talking About Me, I think, from Midnight Cowboy or whatever that uh, John Voight Dustin Hoffman movie is. Yeah. Um, and then, this, you know, the second biggest thing, and maybe a little bit more accessible would be the lime and the coconut song. Yes. Um, but but Harry Nilsson, you know, for a period of time, he was kind of recognized as the fifth Beatle. Um, he was just, he's, he's one of those kind of cerebral singer songwriters. So, you know, if you like Harry Nilsson, you probably like people like Warren Zevon um, or Towns Van Zandt, for instance. Um, just, you know, really smart songwriting. Um, wasn't afraid to write about his actual life. So, you know, like a song like Gotta Get Up, which is the opening song from the Netflix show Russian Doll. Uh-huh. Um, 
which is, you know, kind of like a really accurate description of, you know, waking up late and having a ton of shit to do and maybe having, you know, maybe having had a few too many the night before. Um, so yeah, so Nielsen was a huge influence on me. Uh, I've always appreciated um, that kind of blue collar songwriting. And um, yeah, I mean, what else can I say about it? I, you know, there was a period of time where I would rap live over the Nielsen song, uh, Jump Into the Fire, which is the song that features prominently when Ray Liotta is driving the car around in Goodfellas, getting chased by the helicopter. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> so there's a, there's a crazy open drum solo in the middle of that song that I used to rap live over. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. So there's lots of, there's lots of real connections there. Um, there was a period of time where I was laboring under, you know, that the album being called 40 year old burden, but then there was kind of flurry, a flurry of projects also making puns on the 40 year old virgin. Right. Um, and you know, and even like my homeboy choke has had a pretty like, like a viral hit with the song, the 40 year old vegan. So yeah, it, as, as the album got closer and closer and it became clear that there was going to be another title I was looking for, parallels uh i had changed my handle on twitter to prairie nelson and uh and then i just thought well this this is better for me because it's it's a it's a good way to kind of identify what i think the feel of the record is which is that of like a kind of singular focused songwriter writing pretty personal songs about universally uh, recognizable themes. Yeah. Based on the title, Prairie Nelson, uh, there really was only one way to go, I guess, with, with the, t- with the cover. So talk about your, your concept for the cover and, and what, what made you think of doing that? Well, Nilsson's most famous record is called Nilsson Schmilson. Um, and it's pretty funny because it just appears to be, uh, a hungover middle-aged dude in his house coat uh, on the cover. And I just figured I'm a often hungover middle-aged dude in a house coat. And, you know, and covers are hard, you know, like covers are are a really hard thing. I've, I've spoke publicly a little bit about this. I don't know if I've mentioned it on our podcasts, but um, I feel strongly that white rappers should put themselves on the cover of their records. Um, I think it's less of a deal now. Like, like this might be a generational thing, but you know, like in the, in the early and mid nineties and even up to Eminem, white rappers tried to kind of obscure or, you know, not the rappers themselves, maybe the labels, but it's almost like they were trying to put one over on people by obscuring their faces, using creative filters and clothing choices to kind of leave it, leave some air of mystery about what, you know, this guy could be a black rapper, you know, like, like almost like trying to sneak shit in. And, and uh, so I'm pretty steadfast in my belief that as white rappers of a certain age, uh, I'm gonna put my face on the cover of my record, and uh, and what better way than to pay homage to the uh, to the slightly ridiculous uh, <laughs> yeah. and and not very glamorous uh, Nielsen Schmilson album cover? Um, yeah, I guess I guess I took your words to heart because if you look at my catalog, I've never been on the cover of any of my records until this year. Um, 
So I decided to give it a try and look what it got me. Um, hey, it's a great cover. It looks great. It looks <laughs> uh, all right, so let's um, let's listen to another track from from Prairie Nielsen. No one, I think, has heard this one yet. So this is called Iowana. Significant. I don't wanna have to hear about love is omnipotent. I don't wanna be like this, stubborn and diffident. I don't wanna leave you hanging, but touch is difficult. I don't wanna bring dip, I don't wanna bring ice. I don't wanna take a doggy bag, I'd rather take a life. I don't wanna feel anything except the cold beer. I don't wanna chill, and that's why the next is right here. I don't wanna get into it, just sit beside me. I don't wanna stay here, but what'll happen if I leave? I don't wanna not wanna, but I wanna be alone. I don't wanna want for anything but gotta see the show I don't wanna wait in line on opening day and I don't wanna pay a dime unless it go to my mates I don't wanna never sleep and you can't make me I don't wanna shoot hoops with kids that play D I don't wanna chip away at it without the gravy I don't want another buddy if she ain't Daisy I don't wanna start over still got a couple quarters I don't wanna bore y'all so I hop a couple porters <laughs> Think I might be being recorded I don't want another decade like my 30s and his toys I don't wanna hurt feelings, so I don't wanna talk I don't wanna hear your vibe, leave it out, line it tall I don't wanna not wanna, but I wanna be alone I don't wanna want for anything, but gotta see the show Straighten my tie, waiting in the lobby I don't wanna go veggie, I don't wanna need a bevy I don't wanna leave my car to win free brekkie I don't want a new friend, I don't even fuck with me I don't wanna wave to my neighbor when I'm shoveling I don't wanna vote, but I don't wanna baluster I don't wanna wait, smash the state in the capital I don't wanna cops, and I don't wanna prisons I don't wanna right wing white rapper, wanna kill them I don't wanna have faith, I don't want a new religion I don't wanna thank God for guns and capitalism I don't wanna fill out forms, I don't wanna triple kit I don't wanna be the tall foreheads used for Lydia I don't wanna brag and I don't wanna boast But I don't wanna die, leave an album like a ghost, I'm gone That's Iowana from Prairie Nielsen. That's a brand new track. That's an exclusive. You're welcome. We're going to get right into the parallel track and talk about them both. 
This is Walk On By. This is from John Smith's first record called John Smith's Blunderbuss, or In Transit. Let's check this out, and then we'll get back to chopping it up. Here we go. I look forward through backwards binoculars. Tunnel vision with my moods misanthropic because I nearly missed the bus and then the driver started with me questioning the 160 pennies that got plunked into the pot is fair I'm like what you wanna count it? It's all there and they all stare so loudly I stand odd man out of the seated crowd like musical chairs Honestly, it's unusual for me to care But this is one of those affairs that at first seemed so small Picked up steam and snowballed Some old bald bastard whose smell alone provokes groans Barking into his cellular phone I'm anti-choking on the you gotta be kidding And I've gotta purse my lips to keep from spitting But then my stop was within my vision And I've got the sneaking suspicion Ah, oh, shit, it is him This kid I battled years ago when he's tripping Rocking a ribbon candy looking lace Attached to a laminate in my face John about the slamming shit that replaced his old steez Then condescendingly asks me if I still MCs I didn't even mention the vinyl tapes and CDs Just brushed past like breeze, I had to diss Walking away quickly like I had to piss Comfy bellowing, multi-syllabic words and verse for crowds Yet sometimes hello is the hardest word for me to pronounce Especially if we've let the months mount Crossing paths with bated breath, waiting on the other to pounce I'm high at noon, we're ten paces apart, ready to draw Then comes the onset of the lockjaw, and it's contagious So we're stifled, stuck at who's on first, it's outrageous Comical and pathetic, when your worst case scenario is getting snubbed The greeting of return, but that's life when your skin's a sweater that itches and burns I don't like me very much, so I don't expect others to smother me with praise, shake my hand and call me brother I got ex-lovers that I can't even look in the eye Hoping I don't get punched out at the mall by her new guy And sometimes I try to feign confidence But my skittish movements betray me Anxiety's dominance plays me like a fiddle And the tuning out is muted I freaked out the host of the party and got booted I was the creep who scooped up a lady and dirtied the host new linens Before she got the chance to sleep in them With all these fuck-ups and hang-ups They might think I'm stuck up when I'm looking past them Try to say what's up, but I got a whole gang of reasons why it's more like I'm dashing when I walk on by. Stepping to me like, what's up, guy? I gotta walk on by. I'll alternate between staring at my shoes and the sky as I walk on by. Watch me slide the stutter step from full stride I gotta walk on by It's envy, vanity, lust, sloth, and pride Makes me walk on by I might snub my nose then spit to the side When I walk on by Gulp some air then exhale it with a sigh As I walk on by Egg on my face, mud in my eye When I walk on by Wallowing in apathy Make me try to fix why I walk on by.
Collective. That's Walk On By by John Smith from 2001. Whoa. That's a long outro with a lot of my baby scratching. Oh, that's good. Those are good cuts, though. That's, that's my, good stuff. My patented Mac and Row baby scratch. <laughs> Miss it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's two songs, I Wanna and, uh, and Walk On By about... You know, social anxiety and depression, and uh, and not necessarily having the context or vocabulary to figure out that that's what was going on. Right. Um, and yeah, I wanna. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm so happy with I wanna. It's it's like it might be my favorite song on Prairie Nielsen. It reminds me of Ethics EP era McEnroe. Um, uh, not because of content, but but I believe their production of it kind of has a feeling like, um, what's the jam? I think the Saskatoon guys used to call it the fart song because it has the big like, you know what I'm talking about from Ethics EP? It's not from Ethics EP, but it's from the same time. It's it was on Factory Seconds, yeah. Which one's that? Uh, it's called. Uh, gosh, I don't know my own songs, but it's. Which why it's not black, but ride the Mac and Row urns, yeah, right? Yeah. Sojourn beats with the slow burn. I gotta look um, what it's called. It's from the. It's from Factory Seconds, though. It's not. It's. Uh, it was written at the same time. It's called Earnings Warning. And it earnings was, uh, Warning. Yeah, and it was. Um, yeah, I did it. I did it live as part of my set, like that big build-up and thing. Yeah. This uh, the the production on I wanna like really reminds me of that in that it's like you know it it builds um, and yeah by the time you get like in between you, you'll notice with I wanna you know the first verse is very kind of like free association uh, where I'm kind of just like talking about social graces and obligations and just not being able to handle them. Um, but also not wanting to miss out on things. Right. Um, and so that's like a real paradox. And so, you know, the first verse is that, but the, and then when you get to the second verse, there's a little bit more causation. Like I'm talking about the reasons why it's hard for someone to maybe walk out of their door, um, and go pretend like everything's cool socially, you know, like considering yeah. the size of the fire we're dealing with right now. Um, but yeah, not to get waylaid, there's a, there's a big difference between the first and the second verse and, you know, between the first verse and the second verse, you just get a little bit of the hook and a little bit of like, you know, extra something on the beat. But then by the time you get to the second hook on the way out of Iowana, I think things have really built up to a, to a place, you know, like, uh, and it, yeah, it, it's kind of, it feels momentous and a little hypnotic to me i guess right yeah i loved it i loved it when you did it i mean that's that beat is not it's not ethics ep era but it is something that i had been um sitting on for quite a while it's probably i probably made it close to 10 years ago and um been wanting to use it and wanting someone to use it and you know finally you did and and then of course like all like all how how i work is obviously making a kind of a basic beat and then a lot of the stuff that's added and comes in was added much more recently but um 
you know, that, those that those drums with the ride cymbal kind of like, like that whole thing is mm-hmm. was something I originally did quite a while ago and I always really liked. So, and of course, I thought you did it, did it justice to say the least. Yeah, yeah, I'm really proud of that one. And uh, yeah, uh, I can remember the exact moment I walked, I walked into a restaurant and there was like, the, the deal was like thumbtack your business card to this to yeah. this billboard and you might win a free brekkie you know <laughs> yeah. and I was, I was so filled with fury uh, and just you know wanting no part of, of that yeah. existence at all uh, and, and it being spelled brekkie was like you know just putting it over the top for me so um, <laughs> so yeah there's very like real vivid uh, uh, real life triggers for Iowana <laughs> if you look for them. And listening to Walk On By, what is what goes through your head listening to it? Obviously, you're not, you know, you've got ideas there, but you're certainly not uh, quite as refined with your delivery and, and that well, kind of thing. Yeah, it's, it's honestly a lot of the, the really, really older stuff feels like open wounds, you know, like it's, yeah. it's, it's crazy to hear, you know, the 20 year old version of me say, you know, I don't like me very much on record. That's like, that's a real, you know, that's, that's a wild way to talk. Right. And yeah, been pretty open about, I've got some help from therapy and I'm, and I'm in a good place of, of kind of like recognizing why I was the way I was, you know, why, what was behind some of my actions and how I felt about things. And then, and then there's other shit too. Like, you know what, you're 20 years old. It's fucking weird, man. Life is weird (laughs) when you're, when you're just, you know, figuring shit out. So, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting to go back, but it's the, the real interesting parts is that these themes remain pervasive. Yeah. It's really interesting to me how much leeway I would give other artists. If you love Grand Poobah, let's say, right? And I and I do love Grand Poobah. Yeah. Like, I, I don't hold Grand Poobah to the standard that I hold myself to, and it's because I enjoy Grand Poobah as a whole, right? So when I listen to like an album like 2000, there's many repeated themes um, and even songs where you, you could just pick up a you know a verse from this song and switch it with a verse from another to the song and it would still work right because you know he's talking about getting fly and like relaxing yeah. and enjoying his time with music and and meeting girls right like um, but yeah I think for a while especially because at the start of the PNC stuff we were so high concept yeah that it's like okay well I already covered that so I don't have to talk about that but it's like you know, is there any uh, proper amount of times to, to talk about, you know, mental health or is there any proper amount of times to talk about being broke? Is there, you know, is there a limit to how many times you can, you can, you know, feel sad about, about the way music has gone or culture or politics or any of that stuff. So, right. So, yeah. So it's like, it's nice to see uh, these things kind of, wrapping around each other and and creating a, a loop with that stuff from you know literally 20 years ago yeah um yeah i mean grand grand Poobah, you you certainly held hold yourself to a higher standard i mean doesn't he say the 
she wanted 69 i said 68 and i owe you one like didn't she use that like at least three or four times <laughs> yeah well, that, <laughs> that's, that, not only the same was, themes the same punchline. <laughs> yeah that's that's like tupac hennessy enemies right like it's just i'll use the 68 plus one uh line as a as a placeholder i'll figure that out later it just <laughs> it ends up you know not, not, not to disrespect. Not to, yeah, there you go. Not to disrespect uh, Grand Poobah. He's he's brilliant, but but no, yeah. But what I'm saying is 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 you know it's it's nice to be able to look at my stuff and be like, you know what? It's okay to have multiple songs that are close to each other in concept and shit. Some of my favorite stuff is about the artist as a personality being about those themes, right? So yeah. so yeah, it's just a matter of of getting over. Kind of old rules you know like there were i think we applied there was a lot of self-imposed rules no doubt rap in the late 90s and early 2000s and uh, and now it's it's great to be in a place where it's just like i'm just i just go where the music goes you know it's all right there in the beat for me i'll i'll you know pull on the string until until we, we figure it out i mean there was rules for for us in like this sort of underground and quote unquote enlightened you know uh we had rules like you couldn't sample this you couldn't do that you couldn't use reissues there's all these rules not to mention now it has to be all super original and uh high concepts yeah and it kind of just i understand it was understandable the culture and what what we're doing but it kind of dragged at times yeah yeah i mean it's it's easy to look at it retroactively you know when you're in it there's all sorts of things associated with it and like you know because to listen to rap was to be outside of the mainstream yeah there had there had to be some order right yeah there had to be ways to figure out who was who was being for real about it and who was was you know trying to use it for something you know yeah at least at least in that era was that was the perception um well before we wrap up let's just address um why you're not john smith anymore you're now bazooka joe 204 take us through your thoughts there well yeah there's there's a few reasons um i took the name john smith for a few reasons in the first place which one it was the name of my grandfather it was always like a an interesting and fascinating thing to visit him in Winnipeg from Churchill and he would open the phone book and like show me the John Smiths you know there'd be two or three pages of them it was like there was a novelty to it yeah and he got he got his middle name on his way to war uh because the uh the, the person admissions person in the in the army or whatever in the military um, told him that if he didn't have a middle name and he died in the war, there might not be any way to figure out who his folks were. You know, right. so there's like there's a little bit of interesting folklore around the name, at least within my family. Um, but also, it was like a refutation of rap names at the time, which were yeah. you know traditionally really over the top. So, so yeah, so there was elements of that in it, and and you know, it's a little less rebellious and little less of a reputation now that a lot of rappers just use their names it's not there's no novelty to that anymore right um you know that's not a main factor but it's one of the reasons why i didn't feel bad about letting go of it 
Um, the other reason is there's some, there's negative connotations that come with the name John Smith just because of the Disney cartoon Pocahontas. Right. Um, and it's just like I don't want if that's if my name is my entry point to my relationship with a listener or a prospective listener. I don't I don't want to conjure that up. It would be cooler to not you, you, to to not be close to that. Right. And then when I took into account all of these things and the whole way if you listen to all my records i'm constantly changing my name with every record anyways yes smitty sloppy joe bazooka joe mr pinkett uh, yeah pinkett like it was always just like whatever whatever to me but i read an article about what the worth of a name is in music so i looked at it like my audience the people that still listen to me most of them i have connections with via social media um, so I didn't think I would be alienating people or dropping off the face of the earth, especially considering I hadn't really been releasing records regularly for a span of a few years there. And um, yeah, and Bazooka Joe is kind of what I was going by, calling myself in my raps for the last few years. And uh, and so, yeah, I just made the decision and did it. Cool. I can uh, appreciate it having done it myself the same I mean, the other problem is that, that if you if you go into iTunes or whatever and you put in John Smith, you get all just a mess of shit. Yeah, yeah, that's the <laughs> so thing. That like too. getting getting miscategorized on Spotify and all the and what the whatever other services there were, um, and you know, and it, we had to add the two hundred four just to make this one more. Yeah, it's the same. You know, I don't know with Bazooka Joe to optimize a lot of it that. rather. Yeah, yeah. So what's in a name i guess and and you know i'll continue to change and shift my name around in creative ways when it suits the period of time that i'm in or, or what i'm working on but bazooka joe 204 will likely be the the name going forward and um yeah i think it's uh it's a no harm no foul thing right cool well um i think we've covered a good a good chunk of the record and um that was good good stuff We'll do another episode in, I don't know, maybe like three weeks. How about that? We'll do three weeks and six weeks, and then we'll have the last episode around when the record comes out. When does it come out? October 15th, right? October 15th is the date. We're counting it down. It's going to be great. You're going to listen to it. There's nine tracks. It's all really good. You've heard three of them today, and there's six more to come. And when you put the whole record on... Uh, you just love it. It's good stuff. It's not too long. It's not too short. But it's you won't not, have this. definitely not too long. Yeah. You won't have to sift through all our jabbering to get to it. You just listen to the whole thing at once. That's right. <laughs> Very convenient. What a concept. All right. Okay. Thank you for joining me today. Joe Comperi, Bazooka Joe 204. Thank you to UGS Meg for hosting. They don't know they're hosting yet, but they are. I haven't spoken <laughs> to them about hosting this, but, but I'm sure they're down because they've been down since since before blunderbuss so there you go go. so shout out to them shout out to you for listening listeners thank you for supporting peanuts and corn records you can always check our stuff out at peanutsandcorn.bandcamp.com that's the best place i am big McEnroe, and i'm on social media under that name and he's bazooka joe 204 and he's under he's at social media under that name so you can hit us up say you like this because when you say you like it It makes us happy, and then we do more. Uh, All right. Thank you very much for listening. Good night, Joe. Peace. And good night, everybody.